All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to Separation Nation. As we promised, we are bringing you another episode with another guest today, and uh, we I think we mentioned him here a couple of podcasts ago. And let you know what was coming. We got Kevin Bullard as the bull, as I call him. Uh, we call him that because if he was standing up, for those of you that's watching the video, he's a big old son of a gun and uh, muscular and strong and pro athlete. So many things he's been involved in over the years. He's actually in our industry today currently, and he'll get to that eventually. We'll kind of talk to him about some of that. But just a, a guy, we met Kevin probably, what was that, seven, eight years ago now? Mm-hmm. And so just through some mutual acquaintances at one time and had met, and we were just sitting here reminiscing before we got started. Remember the first night we all went to dinner together. But, you know, some people that you meet in life – in that type of situation that we was in that day, just meeting on some business. You don't really ever hear from them again, see them again, keep up with them, think about them, even really all that much. But some people you just kind of connect with, whether it's you share the same ideals or personalities attract or, you know, I even like to believe sometimes you, for certain purposes, you're divinely connected with people. You know, God's in the thing somehow. You don't know. You know, you may just be acquaintances or just somebody to check on, somebody that you enjoy following their life, you know, now with social media. But then years down the road, lo and behold, something comes up. And we don't know. There may be more of that with, with us in the future. But we know Kevin Woolard seems to like us. And, man, we've always always liked you. And we've we've been around, had some, shared some meals over the years and phone calls and and checked up on each other. And, uh, and so when we started this podcast – John and I, first person I told John, I said, we got to get Bull on here, Kevin Bullard on here. And one thing, we always have a good time. You got a great personality, sense of humor. And we, you from the South like us. So maybe that's part of the reason for the connection. But I've just always been connected, always kept up with each other's children and lives. And, and, uh, just a person. Kevin's a guy you could call. And, and, you know, and I've always felt this way about you. You'd, you'd be right there if somebody really needed you, if we needed you. And, I hope you feel the same about us. But we want to get right into it today and just kind of, you know, Kevin has been successful at uh, everything he's ever been in and been involved athletically in numerous different ventures over the years. And of course, very successful in the, in, with his insurance career. But Kevin, maybe just start off and kind of tell the people, the, the listeners, a little bit about yourself. Of course, we call this Separation Nation. And what we highlight often is, is the separators, the things that separate achievers and successful people folks that are unsuccessful and what we found is in telling stories you telling your story and various guests we have on those separators those things always come to light in the stories of people's lives and how they've gotten where they've gotten and achieved what they've achieved so just kind of tell us a little bit about you, yourself and and your life and we'll kind of go from there awesome well the first thing i want to do is thank both of you guys for having me here um you know it, it's uh it's humbling for you uh to sit there and listen uh, to you compliment and respect the way I feel like I carry myself. And uh, definitely eight years ago when we met, you know, I knew there was synergy there. didn't know what we was going to do, but I've definitely kept up with you guys through social media. I look at your office here. Uh, you guys are doing business the right way. I've been able to see you guys grow um, just like I've grown. And I, and I know um, there's something there special because when you see someone – that works hard, that has success, and you're truly rooting for them and not rooting against them. Right. Um, that's that. That's the kind of people I want to be around. And uh, so, you know, a little bit about me. Uh, 
I always say my story is real, man. My story is uh, Cedartown, Georgia, little bitty town. Uh, most most know it as the town of Sam Hunt or mm. Nick Chubb, uh, Georgia football. But you know, in 1996, there was Kevin the Bull Bullard that graduated and Budweiser and uh, Cedartown. Yeah, um, up in Rome. Yeah, and and Cartersville area. Cartersville, that's right. But um, you know, I was I was raised. Uh, by a mom and dad that, that got up, packed their lunchbox, and went to work every single day. My dad was a mill worker, worked there 41 years. That's all I knew. He worked six days a week. He left the house at 6.30 in the morning. He got home at 3.15 every day on the hour. Uh, my mother was a bank teller, and uh, then she worked for the Georgia State Patrol. So, you know, growing up, you know, people say blue collar. I didn't go without, but I definitely didn't have – uh, what everybody else had. And uh, it created a desire and a hunger inside me. Really, it started at seven, eight years old in my life. And, and I started racing BMX dirt bikes. And so I went to my first race and borrowed a bike. And I won. And mm. uh, somebody said, you know, hey, uh, you know, you, you ought to race bicycles. You know, there's a big national spotlight uh, not just right here in Cobb County, and, uh, you know, right there in Powder Springs, Georgia. And I said, well, yeah, I'd love to get some more information. You know, seven, eight years old, right. you know, first grade, second grade. And uh, we started racing, man, and, and went to Jacksonville, Florida. was my first national. And I went first, 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 and won my eights, and my quarterfinals, my semifinals, won the main event, and uh, got picked up, got a factory sponsor. After the first day, first national I'd ever been to. So they provided me uniforms and bikes, and I had oh. a 20 inch and I had a cruiser, and we had spare parts. And you know what was unique and touching um, is that my mother was the only mother at these races. Really? And so she used to sit there and study, and you see all these dads, and they knew the sprockets, and they knew the rear sprocket, and they knew the front sprocket. And my mother would listen, and she would say, hey, you know, John Tanner over here is running a 44-16, and he's beating you down the first straightaway, but you're catching him in the second straightaway. We probably need to run a 45-16. Mm -hmm. She studied that stuff as a woman. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had sew-ups, you know, so the rim was glued uh, to the rim. I mean, the tire was gl glued to the rim um, just from weight. These these right. these bikes weighed 12, 13 pounds total, finished. And um, Mama just studied it, man. And I remember being out, you know, in Antioch, man, just, just long dirt roads and doing sprint work uphill, seven, eight years old. And my mom just pushed me and pushed me. So my first year, I was national number 23. And I said, man, I'd love to be in the top <laughs> 20. And I got national number 11 the next year. How about that? And I said, Mom, I'd really like to be – in the top 10 in the, in the country. I got national number nine the next year. Mm. And I said, Mom, I think I win national championship next year. I was 11 years old. I was racing a 20-inch, and I was racing a cruiser. And uh, I won national championship at ni in 1989 as 11-year-old and won uh, – I was national number five in the cruiser division. And mm. It was in the entire country. My mother, you know, we're being in you know, being in a little small town and going to your local grocery store or 
right then it was Rite Aid or Eckerd's. Yeah. And being in a magazine was kind of a big deal. Heck yeah, absolutely. You know, it was BMX Action, BMX Plus, Bicycles Today. And I remember just looking, you know. That's probably about the time. I respect the same age. It's probably about the time that movie Rad came out. Yes. And that everybody was yeah, stupid. There, 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 was, there was guys in yeah. Rad yeah. that we raced with. Harry, Larry, Travis Chipress, yeah. Todd Lyons, and, and a lot of, you know, just guys that I grew up watching, man. And, and uh, I won a national championship, and I said, Mom, I want to do something else. You know, and I, I mean, I'm 11 years old, started playing baseball, made my first all-star team when I was 12. Um Junior year in high school, I was a catcher and, you know, batted in the heart of the lineup, third, fourth, fifth. And my dad said, are, are you planning on going to college? And, and I was like, well, I mean, Georgia Tech and Tennessee and Georgia are sending me these letters. You know, yeah, I want to go to college. And right. he was like, well, I'm just going to tell you, you need to get a scholarship because I don't, we don't have the money to right. put you through college. And uh, it was real clear. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to Rome, Georgia in 1995. Charles Culberson, you probably guys remember little Charlie on Atlanta Braves now. He had just come back to Rome and opened up a sports academy. And I said, hey, who runs your cash register when you're doing your lessons? Because you're working from 3.30 to 9.30 every night and nobody's running the register. He said, I don't got the money to pay anybody to run the register. I said, well, I don't have the money to pay for lessons. But I'll work from you for, from 3.30 to 9.30 every day. Uh, if you exchange a, a lesson for me every night. How about that? So for about a year, I took lessons from him and got numerous scholarship offers and uh, ended up going to play for his brother, Calvin Culberson, at Armstrong State. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was in a small town. Everybody was like, you know, you're a good high school catcher, but you'll never make it in college. And then when I got to college and I didn't quit and come home like everybody thought I would, um, you know, I started being a force and, and breaking records and setting records, offensive records at Armstrong State. And then it was like, well, he'll never play in the pros. And, you know, then I signed with Arizona Diamondbacks, and, you know, I'm out there tearing it up and, and got a, a, a career-ending injury in my left hand and uh, got a permanent disability settlement with the Diamondbacks and rehabbed my hand, and I said, man, I can still go. <laughs> you know, I got three rods and a couple pins and uh, went back to spring training next year and, and uh, had a little four-month-old. It was a little different. Oh, yeah. Making $1,600 a month living in a Studio 8 hotel room. Um, so I made a decision at the end of that spring training to come home and be a dad. Mm-hmm. So uh, came home, um, riding around at the golf course. I always wanted to join the country club. Never had the money. Never was a member of the country club go- growing up. Right. Uh, matter of fact, my dad says, sissies play golf. You don't want to play golf. <laughs> and so I, I got that settlement, you know, yeah. and I said, I want to join the country club, man. I joined Cherokee Country Club and and was a member out there. Started hitting a golf ball. And, you know, it just it kind of took off from there. You know, a lot of people in my workforce today uh, doesn't even know that I hit a golf ball or doesn't even know I played baseball. And uh, it's just one of those things that each year goes by, it just kind of falls by the wayside, you know. And, um, but it kind of created a hunger inside me and, and realized that if you didn't work hard, you weren't going to be fast. 
or you weren't going to throw hard or you weren't going to, you know, play. You were going to get beat out by the next guy. Um, then when I got into golf, you know, I went literally around the world um, doing corporate outings for about 15 years for companies like TD Ameritrade, Google, Home Depot, Maui GM, Callaway Gardens, Callaway Golf. And I finished my, my last four years uh, on the Callaway Kings of Distance long drive team where they handpicked 12 athletes from all over the world uh, to be ambassadors of the Callaway brand. thought it was cool being on the same website as Phil Mickelson. <laughs> you know, so my, my appearance fee was a little different, a couple of zeros less. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, 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 my whole life I've always said you got to be willing to do what the others are not willing to be to do. Right. Um, you got to differentiate yourself somehow. Um, and I just took kind of a sports background and, and kind of rolled it in to my profession. And, um, uh, you know, I think, I think that's where we got a common bond Right. as you guys kind of look at your day-to-day business the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's why it's, it's worked for you from BMX racing to, baseball to golf and now financial services industry you know we met because of insurance Mm -hmm. you know which i i was intrigued by your story when we met because i mean we talk about insurance every day i've been 20 years in this business i get sick of talking about insurance (laughs) but but i love it you know it's how i've made my living it's it's created a a wonderful lifestyle for me and my family but um i had you down to kinderley for the long drive that's right remember that yeah and uh bill robertson and those guys was there, and we we hosted you out there. It's phenomenal, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd never even seen you hit a golf ball just from your story. I said, "Well, hey, we'll get him down here and let him put on a shot. See, see if he's real. See if it's for real." <laughs> and I, I remember uh, Thomas. I remember, uh, guy, yeah, Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> Thomas is actually uh, he's a good golfer. He's one of the mm-hmm. top golfers out there. And um, but yeah, you had him lay down and, and hit the golf ball for him. And then I thought you was gonna kill Tina Anderson out there because you hit you hit the golf ball straight to her and it went straight to her. I don't know how you do that stuff, man. It's, yeah. it's amazing. But is <laughs> but how many times do you have to hit the same golf ball the same way to get each of those little tricks down? I mean, it's just hours and hours and hours and hours of prep for a fifteen minute show, and that's how business is. You know, you might close a deal in you know an hour, but you got. 200, 300, 400 hours, 1,000 hours in preparation. Your whole life was preparation for that deal you closed, and your whole life's been preparation for the position you're in now. You know, that's a key thing you just said. So I went through a leadership class uh, at AFLAC uh, probably about eight months ago. Uh, The lady's name was uh, Rebecca Esposito, and she pulled me to the side after the class, and she said, you know, you got a great voice um, I love it. She said, but you got to understand that when you're talking with someone, just be yourself. Right. Don't be anything different. Don't try to sound more educated like you've been in the industry longer than you've been in the industry. Just be yourself. And it was amazing. She asked me a question. And she said, you shared bicycles and you shared golf and you shared baseball. She said, let me ask you something. On a, on a random week, when you was golfing, how many balls would you hit? Would you hit 20? Would you hit 100? Would you hit 300? I said, yeah. I said, you know, different weeks, and especially at my prime, I was probably hitting 
thousand balls a week. And she said, "How successful do you want to be in the insurance industry?" And I said, "Well, I want to. I want to be successful. I want to make a lot of money. You know, I want to create a legacy for my for my boys. I want to if they want to come in this industry, I want to show them the example." Right. And she said, "How much time do you spend on yourself every single week?" She said, "Do you get in front of the mirror and go through?" 30 or 40 or 50, you know, skits or three-minute, you know, statement, period, pause. And, you know, I, I walked out of there going, wow, I just got humbled. Yeah. Because as good as we think we are, we still don't pr- do enough preparation like we used to. No, and so I tell everybody, you know, if you said, hey, John, Kevin, I'm struggling, I would say, how much time are you spending on John? That's right. And, and. I answer that question to myself every day. Well, it's, you know, it's the thing about, you know, we're all in this business to to make a difference, but the end result, I mean, it takes money to make the world go around. We're trying to make a living, you know, and uh, and, and do even better than that. But uh, your wealth don't go up. Your wealth don't increase until you increase. And, you know, it's that 1,000 balls a week. That principle's in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they say it takes 10,000 hours at something to get great at it. Uh, takes another ten thousand to be legendary. You know how many balls did Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan shoot? I mean, how many free throws did Michael Jordan shot? It, that that principle worked for you in BMX. It worked for you in baseball. It worked for you in golf. And it's that's what we're all trying to do in business. You know, this is this is our football field, man. This is our baseball diamond now. Right. This is what we've got. This is how we keep scoring now. You know how successful we are in business, and our business grows as we grow. So taking those, it's definitely a separator. You know, we talk about separation nation. I mean, you've shared one of the biggest separators out there. Elbow grease, bottom line, that's what it is. Grit and elbow grease. Yeah. You know. Well, I, you know, I always look at it and say that, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like my dad, you know, had been a insurance guru and uh-huh. a legend, brought me into the business, turned his business over to me, or I wasn't an attorney that, you know, did this, and I've had real estate people and bankers, you know, in my town there in Rome just go, man, I, I didn't realize you, you know, do what you do and, and you do it well, um, which I kind of take that. The older I get, at least I'm, I'm humble. Right. And, um, and they don't know that. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, I can honestly say whatever I got, I've earned it, sure. and my boys know that. And I look at them at age 19 and 15 today, and I know they're, you know, they're genuine, they're appreciative, they're respectful, they're going to work hard, you know, and, and, and I see it. Right. And I see it at different levels in their life. And, you know, um, I think really talking about sports and talking about bikes and, and, and baseball and golf is great. Sure. But the biggest thing I've ever done, and, and I want you to think about this guy, because both of you guys got great wives sure. that participate and help, but I raised both of my boys by myself. And, uh, you know, I had my oldest son that just graduated from high school, National Honor Society, first one in our family. I think the first one at his school that both played football and baseball and lettered <clears throat> in both sports and was in National Honor Society. I think he was the only person that played both of those sports and lettered and was in National Honor Society 
So I, to me, that's lets me know that I'm doing something right. Absolutely. And that's the most rewarding um, accomplishment or pat on the back that, that I could ever get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine uh, what all you've done with your career and being a single father and raising those kids. Man. Yeah. I watch your boys on, in fact, it's big old boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of groceries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, and, and, I, and I go back and look at you guys, man. I remember coming down. I stayed at your house. Yeah. You know, met your wife. We ate breakfast the next morning, your kids. And, you know, I tell people all the time, man, you got to grow financially, but you got to grow emotionally and professionally as well. And those two have to balance as, as you start growing. And I think last time you were talking on Separation Nation, you were talking about that path. And I think as we go down that path, it's so important to balance those. And, and, they, and they get out. They've gotten out in your life. They've gotten sure. out in my life, your life, Justin. But, you know, it's, it's, it's balancing. That's right. And, and, and keep those balanced as you grow. And You mentioned earlier, you know, taking care of yourself. And we just actually, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already heard the other the episode because we just earlier today was shooting some some content. And we talked about the importance of that, especially in business, being in leadership, you know, whether it's CEO or manager of a sales team or whatever it is, the importance to take care of yourself first. And I've seen, I know you've probably seen the same thing, but a pile of business people that will have great success on the business front, but then they neglect the, the spiritual or the emotional side or the relational side with their family, you know. That's right. It kind of goes back to even, you know, that, that scripture, what good does it do a man to, you know, to basically conquer the world, it says, and lose his family. That's right. You know, or you see some uh, you see some people that can't ever seem to get successful in life. It's always got to be at every little old thing, you know, when it comes to their children, you know, or maybe it's just, you know, whipped, as we like to say in South Georgia. I mean, they're going to just sit at the house and be right under mama every time she need something, and then they suffer on the professional side. Right. It, it it takes work and effort, plan to win, prepare to win, and then and only then can you expect to win. And winning's about more than sports. It's about life, you know. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've come – I'm more into football now than I've ever been in my whole life. I've never been a real big sports person. I was – during the during the golden years leading up to the World Series and all them probably a decade, I didn't miss a Braves game. I played baseball was into it, but got more into music stuff around the around the eighth, ninth grade. And uh and so just kinda kinda shifted there. Uh loved it. But for me personally at that time when I was younger, when it came to being at practice every day That's right. and consuming your whole life, I was just wired a little different. But now the older I've gotten business, I've gained a new appreciation for sports, especially the sport of football. And love every aspect of it. I'm a huge Georgia fan. Go dogs! And you know, but but there's so there's so much similarities between sports. You know, the the coaches in the lives of the students, the discipline, and the life principles that I really didn't maybe had discarded or didn't realize before. But now that I'm a part of it, and I watch all these great coaches, you know what I'm saying. And and you see the clips, and you see the footage, and you see what goes into all that. And you see the importance, really, you know, of these students, the, li- the lives that's changed and the leadership development that happened at such an early age. And then you see what these students go on to become. I, w- I listened to a podcast with Inky Johnson, 
That's right. You know, yeah. I'm sure y'all. Arm. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. Arm with yeah. Tennessee. I listened to a podcast with him the other day. You know, of course, obviously his career got into there, and he's one of the, one of the most prolific and highest paid speakers now uh, anywhere in that, in the whole speaker circuit. Uh, speaks all over the world and it's paid fantastically for it. Listen to him, you understand why. But when you listen to him talk about the impact and the difference, you know, and that, that makes me think about you and your stories coming up. It was made on him and what he learned through sports and through those coaches and people touching his life that otherwise he wouldn't yeah. have learned. Mm-hmm. And then to understand the strength that put into him to be to be who he was and for it all to end like that and to, to hear the mental strength and perspective and how he was able to understand at such an early age that things happen for me. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't happen to me. Mm-hmm. And he's going to turn around. You know, and, that, and that's one thing I gained off of that podcast. You know, perspective is power, and perspective drives performance. Mm-hmm. How you view what you do is how you will then do what you do. And that's in sports, that's in business, that's in life. And I think one thing listening to you talk, you know, is you're one of them people that has been able through anything life's thrown at you, you know, sports career starting. You never stopped and went and sat in the corner and said, damn it, you know, things work out for everybody else. Screw this, didn't work out for me. I got an injured wrist now, you know, or, or whatever the situation. You've hit numerous, you know, brick walls, as I'm sure we all have. That's right. But the thing is, is what you did, your perspective on that issue, how you took it funneled and said, this is happening for me, how I view what I do, how I'm going to do what I do. And you went and picked up the next thing that you could do and pick up and accomplish with and achieve with and continue to inspire people with. And that's the inspiring thing about your story, you know. And so you never let one thing sit there. And, And listen, let's face it. Pretty much 97% of the country, that's how th- when things happen to them, they say, oh, this has happened to me. You know, poor pitiful me. They develop a victim mentality, and they cower back and just go back into mediocrity, and they live their days getting up, going work to 9 to 5, coming home, eating supper, sitting in front of TV watching Netflix, you know, rinse, repeat, and the next day, yeah. same thing over and over again. And, and what I equate to living like a zombie, they spend their whole life Sure, they may love, they may be loved, they may have some victories, but they spend their whole life never doing anything that is just monumentous, you know. And 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 whatever field you're in, I think we all have that desire in us, you know. We want to win. We want to know what it's like to accomplish something. And, and listening to your story, I mean, winning that first BMX, you know, at that early of an age, experiencing that type. The victory and that type of achievement was like, I mean, it was like a shark with blood for you, you know, and you just took that and funneled it and funneled it and, you, and you're continuing to take whatever energy comes your way and divert it into, into something positive that's going to continue to increase and inspire others, and that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about it, I loved everything you said, and the only thing I would add to it is, you know, when you look at sports, you face adversity like every mm-hmm. play – Every inning, every pitch, every shot, every turnover, um, and and I think you know a lot of times when I catch myself talking to my boys is is you know how are you going to handle adversity? You know you hear I know you got to plug in for Georgia football, but I say roll tide. <laughs> as, as Nick Saban says, you know how how do you handle adversity? And and that's what he looks for is he looks and sees. How how his athletes are going to handle adversity when when when, 
when it's on the line, mm-hmm. the last two, three minutes of the game. And I tell my boys all the time, and, and I think sometimes as a father figure, uh, we fail of telling our boys that, listen, life's going to hit you harder than anybody ever has. Mm-hmm. And it's going to knock you down, and it's not going to help you up. Um, and, you know, and I always go back to when we were kids, what do we watch? Out of the Tiger, baby. Oh, yeah, Rocky. Rocky. And, and one, two, three, four, you, you still know every still one of those movies all, today. I just watched Creed, the last one. And, like and you, times. you used to stand in front of the TV and <laughs> oh, yeah. ooh, ooh, get him, you know. I still and, do. I, I'm not telling you. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it's amazing because that, that's our childhood. That's and that's the way it was is, is, is how do we handle adversity? How do we overcome? How do we win and find a way? It's amazing we find ourselves here today talking about overcoming adversity. How do we impact others? And and the last thing is, is as I've matured, and we yeah. all, I, mean, I still got a ways to go, but as you mature, what I feel like has changed in my life uh, over the last four or five years is, is I do so much for others. And I, I don't say that today for you guys to give me a certificate or anything, but sure. what I'm saying is, is my life changed. When I stopped worrying about myself and started saying, you know, how can I help John out? Or how can I help Justin out? And when I look back, it's definitely a part of my last four or five years of saying, how do I help somebody? You know, and I've had people say, well, why would you give John $5,000? Well, John's a good person. And John will pay it back. And the problem is, is the good thing about that is is the way, and, and, and I'm not a Bible beater. But I believe in God, and sure. God has been good to me. And I say all the time, he brings me that back times 10. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, but it keeps coming back in success. And so, you know, the brokers I work with today, um, I don't think I'm the smartest carrier rep that sits down with them. Um, I don't think I've been in the industry longer than anybody. Uh, I might not have the best product. I might not have, you know, um, the best underwriting offer. I might not have the, the biggest marketing allowance. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they know I'm a good person. They know I stand for my word. My handshake's just as good. I feel like we live in a world of contracts and black and white. And I tell people all the time, you got my word. And I was on the way, on the literally on the way down here, and I told a guy, I was like, hey, are you getting in with that broker in Savannah, Georgia? Listen, if I help you get in, he said, Kevin, I would love to split with you. Because 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Absolutely. And I know you guys yeah. you know, have, have heard that. And, and, and as sometimes in a commission industry, it's hard for somebody to understand that. But yeah. when you really grasp that concept, man, it, it, it's amazing. Because go back to all of our sports days. You didn't play sports by yourself. No. And today there's a really, besides swimming and maybe golf, you know, but it's still a team yeah, score, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but you're, you're never doing anything by yourself. And so what I say is, why are you trying to do it by yourself in the insurance industry? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Tap into your resource, and, you know. Well, you know, that's the thing. Um, the Lone Ranger will become the Lone Stranger eventually. I love it. And, um, you know, that's something me and Justin's always, I mean, we've done this thing together for so long and, and, and tried to build teams and build people, and that's, you know, that's, one of the biggest keys to our success, but you know, there's one thing about you, and it, it, it's made you so successful in sales. Is people buy people; they don't buy products. Right. You know, we did business with Transamerica when you worked with Transamerica, but I believe 
correct me if I'm wrong, when we had our meeting with you and um, uh, the, the other guy from Transamerica that had been there for years, yeah. you had just started. Barry Bell. Yeah, Barry Bell, great guy. Great and, guy. And, but you had just started. But you had to remind me of his name. I ain't never going to forget the bull, you know, Kevin Bullard. I mean, you because your personality. And not just personality, but you you can tell the essence of a person when you first meet them in the first five minutes. Number one, I know, this guy right here you can trust. This guy's genuine. This guy, he's he's not under any false pretense. What you see is what you get. And that's how we've always lived our life. That's how we do business, same way we live. And so, you know, you're with a whole different company now in a field that we don't even do business in anymore, but we still hear around this table talking because we buy people. Right. Not just buy people, but we know that those connections and that network of people, you know, we said it before, your your network will determine your net worth. Because that's that's what opens doors and is is the relationships you build throughout. So I mean, we uh, we're thankful for this relationship and your story, man. It's just it's amazing, and uh, so we thank you for coming and being on here with us today. I told you this sure. before, but you need to write a book. <laughs> I can put you content. You need to write a book, leverage the book because you got too much of a charismatic personality. You need, you, I mean, you need to write a book, leverage the book, build your website. TheBull.com or KevinBuller.com. I'm telling you, you got a lot to give to a lot of organizations. I believe you'd be a lot more booked up on your time that you're not grinding so hard in the insurance business than you think because you got a lot to give. It's two or three years ago, I think you called me and I told you you needed to look at, at doing something like that. It's, it's crazy you said that. So I, we were at uh, Kirby Smart's golf tournament, Reynolds, yeah. uh, last year. Guy walked up at the bar. I was sitting with my fiance and, uh, he said, Are you the long drive guy? And uh I said, Yeah, I used to be. Uh, you know. He said, Man, did 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 you did you You got did, did series that picked up on the long drive? Tell Siri ain't nobody called her name. Hey, that's that's funny. Listen, you can talk to us, Siri. But when you when you think back and, and he said, Did you drive, you know, number fourteen? It's it's like four hundred yards. That ball come rolling up on the green. Did, was that really your driving? I said, yeah. I said, you know, the wind was, it was downhill. The wind, you know, I play it down, you know. But fifteen years ago, I played it up, you know. And we got at the bar afterwards, and he was, you know, just going on about it, and, and I told him my story. And uh, he was the author of uh, Bruce Arians' book, mm. and he had written another book, and. So we've had conversations, and and I, and I respect the guy. I mean, you know, big name guy, but uh, you know, my my buddies in Cedartown, they say Bullard, you've been almost famous three times. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I was almost a world champion in bicycle racing, uh, right. nineteen eighty seven. I was a spring training the year the Diamondbacks won World Series. Um, you know, and then uh, won nine national championships in golf and. You know, made the world finals a couple of times, you know, got a couple of drinks of coffee and come close uh, 2006 and seven. So I've been very close several times. And, and so uh, that's the title of your book, Almost Famous. In the <laughs> three times. And, and then three times. I'm wondering famous. if he'd want a royalty. Yeah. We'll I, I think he's going to probably We'll come up with a tagline <laughs> off of that. Yeah. And uh, you'll be ready to go. We'll get you a forward on there and you'll be, you'll be in business. No, man, I we do we appreciate having you on. Let me ask you, how, what is, what is the farthest you ever drove to drove the golf ball? Um, 
in competition, uh, and it was my claim to fame on the Golf Channel. They did a story on it. I hit one 449 yards. I needed 412 Damn. yards, and they 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 called it back approximate. And so the guy was, you know, literally if you look down this table, he was standing at 412, and at the end of the table was 449. And it looked like the ball was sitting on the line, and so that was my first ball. And you know, and in that sport, you get six. Balls, two minutes and 45 seconds. Well, I hit my first ball, 450. And so what do I try to do the next five? I try to hit them 480. Yeah. And I miss the grid. And then we walk off, and they walk back to confirm it, and the ball was just barely sitting an inch off the line. Mm. So you can imagine a white ball, a white football grid. It looks like it's kind of sitting on the line. So the Golf Channel did a, a awesome story, and, and uh, you know, they said you hit a – hit a golf ball a quarter of a mile, and it comes down to inches. Wow. And so um, I told somebody the other day, you know, walking back to the practice grid, you know, sometimes it seems like, you know, 20 yards, and sometimes it seems like 20 miles. And that day it seemed like 20 miles. And uh, so I've, I've been there. I hear you. I've been close, and I'm okay. Uh, the fact that I, I never won one. But I might be a world champion father, and I'm okay with that. But – uh I'm at AFLAC now, and I'm, I'm having a, a, a great start to a new career. Um, same industry, new company. I'm surrounded by a great team. I'm surrounded by great leaders that I look up to, aspire to be like. And uh, that's what God's plan is going right now. Well, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. If if people that's listening to you now, if they say they got a corporate event or something, they might want you to come speak, share your story. What is it? Facebook is that the best way to follow? Best, best place way. to follow you. Best way. I just look, Kevin Bullard. Yes. And uh, located in Rome, Georgia. There. Rome, Georgia. And uh, so anyway, we encourage you to go follow Kevin if you're not already, and listen. If go if this has brought any value to it all today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please like, share it on social media. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube at Agents Resource Group, also on the preferred podcast platform of your choice because you can find us anywhere podcasts are played. Okay, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next time here on Separation Nation.